Bhūma-gyāna-timirandasya Jnānanjana-salakāya Chakshūrundalitam jenatasmai sri gurave namaha Nāma-um viṣṇu-pādāya krishna-prasthāya bhūtale Śrīmāti bhaktiti bhairanta sāminiti nāmine Namaste sarasati deve gauravāni pracharine Nirvishesha sunyavadi paschachade satharine Devam divyadanum sochandavadanam balaka chelanchitam Sandranandapuram sadeka varanam bairagya vidyam budhim Shisidhandanidhim subhakti lasitam Saraswatanambaram mandetam subadam madeka sharanam Nyasishwaram Sridharam Ajanalam Vito Bhujo Kanakavadato Sankirtanayaka Pitaro Kamalaya Taksho Vishwambaro Dvijabaro Yugadharma Palo Dejagat Priyakaro Karunabhutaro Vandeshi Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Sodito Gurudai Pushpabanto Chitra Sandotumanudo E Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabando Jagatpate Gopi Shagopi Kakandarada Kantana Mostute Tapakanchan Gurangi Radhe Brindabanishwari Vishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Haripriye Si Gori Vashnav Guru Paramparaki Jai Harinam Prabhu ki jai, Bhod Bhaktabrinda ki jai, Bhod Premanandi. So, pleasure to be here with all of you. I'm going to read from Bhagavad Gita, its feeling and philosophy. This is one of those, as we mentioned upstairs, other Bhagavad Gitas that Prabhupada said there could be so many of, other than the one that he, edition that he published. And some of you may be familiar with it. I'm going to read from chapter 7, verse 25, tonight. So, Sri Bhagavan Krishna says, Naham Prakash Sarvasya Yoga Maya Samabrita Mudhoyam Nabhijanati Lokomam Ajamavayam I'm not revealed to everyone, being hidden by the power of Maya, and thus the world does not recognize me, the birthless and infallible one. So I thought we would speak on this verse tonight because it helps us within the context of studying the Bhagavad Gita to continue our, as we should be involved in, ongoing meditation upon Krishna's pastimes, at least by way of in a simple sense of meditation, remembering them, studying them as they are discussed in the great Srimad Bhagavatam. This is what it means to be a devotee. We are devotees of Krishna, we like to say, but sometimes we find we don't know that much about Krishna. When he was born, where he was born, at what age he did this, at what age he did that, what are his different ages, 
when he killed this demon, when he killed that demon, when he consummated his relationship with the gopis, when it began, all these things. They're all clearly written in print within the books of the Goswamis and their commentaries on the Bhagavatam, the Bhagavatam itself, Prabhupada's edition of Bhagavatam, 10th count, as far as he wrote, into the 13th chapter in um, Ramavi Mohan Lila, Prabhupada lost, was lost there to the world. In Brahmavi Mohan Lila, he left the world. Well, that's a big topic also. But uh, you know, also in his, his disciples have carried that on and, and published the balance of the 10th canto and 11th and 12th. And he wrote the Krishna book, of course, also, where all of these things are, are discussed to some extent. So as devotees of Krishna, this should be our preoccupation to become uh, filled with remembrance of the, the life of Krishna. He's our Lord, our God, our friend, lover, as may be the case, relative to our development in Krishna consciousness. Our deity, in the least. So, we know he spoke Bhagavad Gita. That is very important, very concise, probably one of the most, and certainly the most famous speech of Lord Krishna wherein he directly discusses the theology and philosophy of himself. He does it, of course, in the parallel text in the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam when he spoke to Uddhava. Much of what he spoke to Arjun, the Chatriya, was spoken to the Brahman Uddhava <coughs> later on in the 11th canto. These are important works. Like 11th canto of Bhagavatam is compared to the, the head of Krishna, the intelligence of Krishna. You know the Bhagavatam is, is often compared in terms of the different cantos, first canto, second canto, third canto, and so on, to the, uh, the feet of the Lord, the, the ankles of the Lord, the waist of the Lord, and so forth. And we get to the tenth canto, and it's the smiling face of the Lord. And the eleventh canto is said to be the intelligence of the Lord. So, similarly, and a greater part of that canto is made up of the Uddhava Gita, Krishna's instructions to Uddhava, so which I say parallels the, the Bhagavad Gita very much. And Bhagavad Gita Prabhupada often called the civilization of the intelligence, whereas Bhagavatam, the civilization of the soul proper. So a good spiritual intelligence, that we are guided by that and we can come to know the life of the soul proper, which is talked about in Bhagavad Gita, hinted at, pointed to. It's mentioned in two verses, Manmana Bhakto, these verses that come twice in ninth and eighteenth chapter. This is the real essence of the Gita. And after he says it, reiterates it the second time, reiterates it the first time, <laughs> says it the second time to make clear to Arjun what his emphasis is, what his message is. He follows that by, of course, what's often called the most important sloka of the Gita. Sarva dharman paritajamamekam sharanam braja antam sarva papitu moksha ishami masucha sharanam sharana sharanargat sharanagati. It means that the what the Gita is about, what it points to, what Krishna wants Arjuna to take part in, 
this is the full sense of being his devotee. Manmana bhavaman bhakta. Be my devotee with mind absorbed in me. This is a high kind of devotee. Highest kind of devotee. We try to absorb our mind in Krishna, but it's very difficult. There are many distractions. In the worldly setting of family life, there are so many distractions. And in the monastery, also there are potentially many distractions. Even in the kirtan, in front of the deity, there are so many distractions. Those are the things that are in our heart. We took them from outside and we've internalized them and they remain with us and and they show themselves at the sometimes very awkward times. So we try, it's hard, to fix our minds on Krishna, but that's what it means to be a devotee. Mind absorbed in Krishna. And of course, when Krishna says this, manmana bhavamadbhakto, he thinks of those devotees whose minds are really absorbed in him. So he's referring there to the Bhakti. Then he says, Madhyaji, if you can't do that, more or less he's saying, be my devotee in this sense, worship me. That means set up some rules for worshipping me and that will foster love and mental absorption. The kind of love and mental absorption that transcends the idea of worshipping, wherein one becomes the, the worship himself, so to speak. He becomes one with that taste, that bhava of love. But when he says manmana, that's what he means, that kind of love. Mind absorbed in me. The best example, of course, is the gopis. All Bhaktas, but the gopis are known to have tried with great determination to forget about Krishna. And they couldn't do that. That is what it means to have the mind absorbed in Krishna. When he went to Mathura and Dwarka, oh, they thought, it's so painful thinking about him. And why does he, does he ever think of us? We should stop thinking about him. They make a pact. Yes, we'll stop thinking about Krishna. This way the mind just remains absorbed. <laughs> uh, why we should stop thinking about him? Because he's like this, because he's like that, because he did this, because he did that. <laughs> Isn't he charming? Again, they let us think about Krishna. <laughs> In this way, it goes on. So Krishna said how to get there, really. He said after... This is what the Gita is about, but in one sense we say it's, it's about the next verse, the verse that follows his second mention of manmana bhavamad bhakto in the 18th chapter when he stresses sharanagati because this sharanagati, surrender, that is the stage on which the drama of Krishna Leela is enacted. Sharanaga. Sharanagati means surrender. We should be a sharanagata, a surrendered soul. Prahlad says, Bhakta Prahlad, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Padasevanam, Atranam, Bandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmanivedanam. Iti, Pumsarpito, Vishnu, Bhaktis, Chandavalakshana. Kriti, Bhagavati, Adha, Atmaniditam, Uttamam. He was asked by his father, what is the best thing that you've learned in school? He said, oh, the best thing I've learned is Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, all these things, hearing about Krishna, Shravanam. Kirtanam, chanting about Krishna. Smaranam, remembering Krishna. Archanam, worshipping Krishna. Vandanam, praying to Krishna. Padasevanam, going on Tirtha worshipping the holy places. All this is Padasevanam and so many other things. Sakya Matmani Vedanam, to develop friendship with Krishna, to surrender everything to Krishna. This is the Navalakshan Mukti, nine 
aspects of Bhaiti Bhakti and they extend into Ragmarg, of course, especially Shravanam, Kirtanam and Smaranam, these three. These are singled out in the Bhagavatam amongst the nine, these three. Hearing, chanting, remembering, hearing, chanting, remembering, hearing, chanting, remembering. It was repeated like this. But Prahlad said a nice thing there. He said, all these things, these are the best things I've learned. He says, they should be done to constitute bhakti, really in a full sense, they should be done exclusively, with attention, consciously, in surrender. So we don't make progress because when we chant, we don't chant to bring an end to so many other things, to all so many other uh, persons who have set up a market shop in, in the market of our hearts, close them down. We don't. We don't stop to think. The Krishna Nam is the highest dispensation. You cannot get a get a more valuable thing, and if you have the most valuable thing and so easily makes himself so accessible. That combination, we cannot turn away from that. Highest thing and not doesn't cost much. So we should chant with the right spirit in the mood of surrender. We should think about Krishna. Krishna means Krishna. Krishna Nam is non different from Krishna. The only difference is that Krishna Nam is more kind than the form of Krishna. The name is more merciful than the named. Otherwise they're one. We take advantage of Krishna, and if we do, what happens? And we like to think about Krishna. We like the books about Krishna. Oh, we get to a point, if anybody says anything about Krishna, we want to pay attention. And if in the course of saying something about Krishna, they say something that's not very nice or flattering or inaccurate, we just forget that part and take the other part. Saragahi, essence-seeking. So the point is we should be preoccupied with thinking about Krishna, not in an artificial way, not in a way that's inappropriate to our adhikar, the level of our progress and so forth, but but in a general sense, as I say, all these books have been given about Krishna, we should study them. Yes, Prabhupada said, first study the first nine cantos, then the tenth canto, but that was a long time ago. That doesn't mean we shouldn't study the tenth canto. Krishna book he gave first, all these things are so important, most important. In fact, when it's mentioned in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, when five things are singled out by Rupa Goswami of his mention of 64 angas or limbs of Vaidhi Bhakti, that Bhagavat Shravan, he says, Sadhu Sangha Nam Kirtan Bhagavat Shravan. Sadhu Sangha, we must keep good company. Duke Nam Kirtan, chanting of the name. Hear Srimad Bhagavatam. Live in a holy place. Worship the deity. These five things, he said. Any one of these things is powerful in and of itself. All five, very good combination. So when he mentioned Bhagavat Sravan, here Bhagavatam, the Tika, the commentary of his disciple, Sri Jiva Goswami stresses, what he means here is really the tenth canto. It must come from that. The rest of the cantos are therefore convincing us. Hmm? Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. When we understand Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, Aham Sarvasya Prabhavo Matasavam Pavartate, Krishna says, I'm everything, everything comes from me. This means I'm the source of everything, I'm the, the final word. As much as we understand that, and we have imbibed that, we've developed Shraddha, faith in that. 
देन हम सब से प्रभु महतासर में प्रभु इति मत थी बचन थे मत भाव मुदा भाव भाव संबंधित राग संबंधित यू कैन हैव दैट काइंड ऑफ राग दैट भाव दैट इफ यू नो इफ यू अंडरस्टैंड कृष्ण इज हु ही सेज ही इज देन यू हैव द एंथुजियाज्म टू गिव एवरीथिंग टू हिम एवरीथिंग योर होल सेल्फ योर होल बीइंग and to enter into his into his life so we should study all those canons to become convinced krishna is the supreme personality of godhead and then hear about him and no where he was born we just talked about this that's why i'm talking from this verse because we this is the time of year we just talked about krishna's birth the janmashtami of krishna so This John must be a day. Everybody's devotee of Krishna remembers Krishna. They remember his birth to some extent. There's a celebration. There's some talk about that. But the idea of the John must be is more that this is the day that Krishna was born in the world. We celebrate it. But the birth of Krishna that is synonymous with the diksha, with initiation, the transferal from a, a qualified person to us, some experience. in the form of seed he transfers his faith behind the mantra behind the mantra the backing is his faith is or her her faith experience passing that on in a seed form and then as you cultivate and develop that comes out so it's our it's krishna's appearance that's like uh, our birth in gaudiya vaishnavism it's the it's the opportunity for krishna to appear in our life and we should make it happen so to speak we should do our part so it's not just one day in the year but on that day we should be reminded oh yes it's every day affair to cultivate krishna consciousness so we should be inspired then let me pick up the bhagavatam and follow that that talk about krishna's birth what did he do next what did he do next there's the way you read the bhagavatam whole year and then it's time for krishna janmashtami again and each year you find newer and newer things about every aspect of krishna leela and you become absorbed so yoga maya samambrita we have cited this verse here from bhagavad gita tonight krishna says naham prakash i am not revealed to everybody i don't show myself to everybody he's just been speaking about a certain type of people this is the 7th chapter so he's been speaking about people who he doesn't choose to reveal himself to and if he doesn't choose to reveal himself then he cannot be known not possible that doesn't mean well i'll wait if he chooses to reveal himself then he will i used to get a kind of reaction like that sometimes when distributing purpose books some people there'd be a kind of a fellow that he every now and then that type would come along and he'd say If Krishna wants me to take the book, I'll take it. <laughs> that was his kind of because I would ask him, please take the book. He said, well, if Krishna wanted me to, I I would. <laughs> I say he does, and I'm here to tell you about it. <laughs> he wants you to take it. <laughs> But are you listening? <laughs> so. Yes, he does. He wants us to want to, actually. And the devotees are there to create that that want, that desire, and fan the spark of of that interest. Two things: Krishna's mercy and our endeavor are required <coughs> for Krishna consciousness. We have to make endeavor as if 
our spiritual life depended upon that, well, full knowing without Krishna's mercy, no matter how much endeavor we make, we'll never be successful. That endeavor, that will bring Krishna's mercy. That was the experience of Mother Jashoda. She couldn't bind him. But when she made full endeavor, full endeavor, oh, then he gave his mercy. And he was captured by her, tied up with a ribbon in her hair. And how tight? You know, when he broke the border that he had was tied to between the two twin Arjun trees, the trees broke. The ribbon didn't. He remained tied, so tight, he became tied. Just by the ribbon in her hair. She tried to tie him with the ribbon, but it was two inches too short. So she got more rope and more rope and more rope and more rope. And the cowards people, you know, they just make rope. For when they have nothing to do, that's what they do is make rope. <laughs> rope is very important in cow herding. They had a lot of rope. But it was always two inches too short. And they represent those two inches, her effort and Krishna's mercy. So we need both. We should make effort like Mother Jasoda. She was afraid Krishna would run away after she chastised him. She was concerned, now he might run away and not come back. I have to tie him up. <laughs> so, still, if he wants us to know, then we can know. If not, it's not possible. Sridhar Marsh used to like to give a nice example. This is general idea of God, of course, Adhoksaja. Krishna is in a plane what we call Aprakrita. Aprakrita. Very extraordinary. Adhoksaja, that's extraordinary too. Adhoksaja means otherworldly. Vishnu and his abode is overtly transcendental. There's no caste system there. It's nothing like our hearth and home. Golok, however, that's a whole different thing. It looks very much like ordinary life in the cowherd village. When Nanda Maharaj and the cowherds asked Krishna, what will we be in our next life? Where will we go in our next life? They saw Krishna, that Narayan was performing wonderful things through Krishna, as Gargamuni had predicted. So they asked him, so tell us something, what will our next life be? You, you probably know, Narayan does wonderful things through you. So He revealed to them the Golok. And they were very happy. They said, oh, it is very good. I'll be there, my wife will be there, children will be there, cows will be there. Same, Jumuna's there, Govardhan. Everything's same. This is very hard to understand because we teach you should renounce the world, give up your attachment to hearth and home and so forth. But our ideal, the people are very much attached to their homes and families and all these things. Of course, there's one difference that Krishna's in the center. Each one loves Krishna more than they love one another. They have staibhav for Krishna and samcharibhav for one another that augments their staibhav, their dominant emotion for Krishna, be it a sakya or gopibhav. That's called stai, dominant, permanent. It makes up their being, their love. And their relationship with everyone else, it's called sancharibhav, means auxiliary bhav, that augments the staibhav. So everyone loves Krishna in a sense, more than one another. And then they have Krishna's interest is more in both the cowherd's interest and their parents' interest. And it works well that way. 
So he used to say, Sridhar Maharaj, Prakrita means, Prakrita means mundane, and Aprakrita means it's like the mundane world, but if you look closely, it's really quite different. Though it's deceptive, that Krishna Leela, difficult to understand. It's being referred to here to some extent by the word Yogamaya. Sridhar Maharaj said, relative to our point, Krishna reveals himself as he wants, to whom he wants. If God wants you to know, you can know, otherwise not. He said, just like those flying saucers, you know, the UFOs, they show themselves to some people, but other people cannot see them. Hmm? <laughs> they show themselves, then you go and try to tell everybody, I saw a UFO that landed in my backyard last night. They tried to beam me up. And everybody says, oh yeah, yeah. But you saw, you cannot, t you cannot stop talking about it, but no one wants to listen. So then you have to join a group of UFO people. <laughs> <laughs> so we're something like that, you see. We've seen something. Umagyana timirandasya gyananjana salakaya chakshur militam jena tasmai sri guru renama. By the grace of our guru, our eyes have been opened. We've seen something, some glimpse. You know, moving accordingly. We have to keep company with other similar crazy people. <laughs> talking about Krishna, talking about Krishna. Here he says, basically, that he's been talking about people who aren't his devotees. Those lacking in devotion, they're not privileged to know him. This is part of the thrust of this whole chapter, seventh chapter. So here he comes out, he's been talking about them, so here he comes out and says it, that I am not revealed to anyone and everyone. It's not like that. I hide myself to some extent. When we speak of Krishna, we're talking about the romantic life of God, the love life of God. So this is very esoteric. And love, by its nature, likes to share itself. But also, in doing so, love and lovers experience that Oh, everyone just doesn't feel the same way as I do about this. You fall in love with someone, you want to tell the whole world. But some people go, yeah, 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 okay, enough. You've heard, so you fell in love. <laughs> Big deal. So then you say, oh, you have to withdraw. You see, and you can only talk about that with certain people. And if you talk about it in public, you have to talk about it in secret language, even. That only those who are similarly afflicted can understand say one thing, mean another. So love is seeks to distribute itself and at the same time it's a private affair. This is Krishna Leela, you see. It's the love life of God. So it seeks to distribute itself. Very if we go deeply within Krishna Leela, what do we find? If we go as deep as we can inside of Krishna Leela, we find ourselves in Raspancha Jai, the Ras Leela of, of Krishna. This is the consummation of the love of Krishna and Gopis, Krishna and Radha. Everything before that in Bhagavatam is leading to that. Everything after that is an afterthought reflecting back on that. The whole Matura Lila, Dwarka Lila, everything. Deep within that, Krishna, Rasaraj, connoisseur of love, finds what? That when he disappears from the gopis to see the measure of their love, to increase their love, what do we find? That it, it reaches such a pitch that he's unfamiliar with that standard of love. But he's a connoisseur of love by nature. That standard of love he has no experience of. 
Oh, he's under a burden now to live up to his name. I am the king of the country of love, connoisseur of love. Rasaraj means king of love. But this is a, I find a kind of love here that, that I, I'm not familiar with, I'm not acquainted with. How can I get that? This is a very, as deep in Krishna Leela as we can go. And what do we find? Gaur Leela comes. Mahaprabhu's Leela begins to flow, unfold from there, going everywhere, in all directions. So this, this love has a tendency to go everywhere, but it's at the same time private. So we are in, involved in this contradiction. <laughs> we want to send it everywhere, but we know it's a private thing. We can't tell everybody. What can we tell? What can we not tell? And what is appropriate to speak about? How much? When? Where? And all these things. Nam Prakash Sarvasya Yogamaya Samabhuta, he says. I don't reveal myself to just anyone and everyone. I'd like to. My, myself means my love life. This is the real me, what I'm really about. If you want to know a person, you have to know their shakti, their energy. Then you can know them comprehensively. So when we, we know Krishna through the eyes of Radha, then we can know him, what really makes him tick. So he, he would like everyone to know that, but that is a very private thing at the same time. Therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave a slap to Rupa Goswami. In Rathayatra, Mahaprabhu was experiencing what he came to the world to experience, but he could not experience in Krishna Leela. He's Krishna. Antar Krishna. But he's Gauram. Inside he's Krishna. Outside he has a fair complexion. But he's Krishna. He couldn't experience the limits of love, the highest reach of love in Krishna Leela. So another Leela had to be fashioned. That is the special Gaur Leela in which Krishna tries to take the ecstasy of Radha, of course. And in Ratha Yatra, he was in that, having that experience to some extent. And he used to sing a song from Kavya Prakash. Kavya Prakash is a secular Ras Shastra book about poetry. It's a poetic book. It's, it's the various rules of poetry. Uh, it's a Rashastra, how to do poetry properly and drama and so forth. And There's a nice song in there. He used to sing that song, like a cinema song, really mundane love song. And Rupa Goswami could understand what he meant, what he was thinking. This is Krishna consciousness. You can listen to the radio. It's okay. <laughs> but the song you will think in a different way from that same song that ordinary people will think. You know, Prophet once he told me, I was a young young man at the time, just had taken sannyas. We were in the eleventh story of the Manhattan building, Prabhupada was so fond of. And uh, he turned to me and, and he said, Have you seen the New York women? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to say. <laughs> if I said yes, you know, it would have been a big problem. <laughs> if I said no. <laughs> so, I didn't say anything. I just thought, he's got something on his mind, and I don't know what it is. But. And so then he volunteered himself. He said, they're so beautiful. <laughs> I've seen. <he> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
said, this is Vishnu Maya. This is captive. All the men are working so hard and the skyscraper is going up and the whole city is so busy. All on account of this beautiful New York woman. This is Vishnu Maya. Isn't it wonderful? (laughs) Krishna consciousness is really about being in the world. It's often spoken of about being away from the world and renunciation, but that is only intermediary kind of stage. To see a thing objectively, we have to step back from it. When we're subjectively involved, then we cannot get a clear picture. We have to step back with detachment. Okay, then I can see objectively. So with detachment, we can step back with knowledge. Knowledge corresponds with detachment, of course. If you have knowledge, real knowledge, then why will you interact with temporary things when your pursuit is one that's enduring. You understand, we pursue enduring happiness, enduring life. We can get that in relation to things that are here today and gone tomorrow. So with knowledge, the corollary of knowledge, concomitant to knowledge is vairagya, detachment. So as the, with the ingress of knowledge, spiritual knowledge, then we, we become inactive to an extent in relation to the world of the musical chair, so to speak, of the world, the changing forms and names of the world. And we can look at it objectively. But if we do that in the context of bhakti, which is really a positive culture that brings about knowledge as a byproduct, Vasudeva Bhagavati Bhakti Yoga Prayojita Janiyati Ashubairagyam Gyanam Cha Ohitukam Very quickly, in real bhakti, knowledge comes. Detachment comes. So we can see the world objectively, but then once we have, and we understand its proprietor, and we fall in love with the proprietor, then we can enter the world fully and see it all in relation to him. Vishwanath has said, Vishwam Purnam Sukhayate. The whole world becomes an abode of joy for the devotee. Big idea. It's a high idea. I remember that some of the Sankirtan devotees in the very early days used to try to imitate this. They'd go into a shopping center and say, and uh, into the grocery store and say, "Shri Vishnu, Shri Vishnu, Shri Vishnu." <laughs> I offered all the boga in the. Sh- now let's eat. Prabhupada must have been laughing too. We, we weren't laughing then, but he was, must have been charmed by all of us. Hmm? <laughs> so, Krishna says that he doesn't reveal himself to just anyone and everyone, but to his devotees he reveals himself. He holds himself back from others. He wants to show himself to everyone, but well, to what extent? to the level of our, our interest. So he uses a nice word here. He says, yoga maya. Now that's a very curious word, yoga maya, because the juxtaposition of the two words, yoga and maya, is, well, it's particular to Gaudiya Vaishnavism because generally we keep maya and yoga separate. We learn about maya and then we learn about yoga as the means to distance ourselves from maya, from illusion. So relative to our discussion in Janamastami, of course, as you know, Krishna was born uh, along with Yoga Maya. Yoga Maya is the 
as a very essential sar, essential aspect of Krishna Lila. Krishna's Kaviraj. We have to, of course, talk. If we now begin to talk about Krishna Lila, which we will, then we have to talk about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Lila first. Because first the giver, then the gift. And he, of course, is non different from Krishna. His Lila is not different, but non different. Different because how? What is the difference? It is that side of love that wants to share itself, as I said. Otherwise, the other side, Krishna Lila, that's private. He lives in Svetadweep. Goloka is called also Svetadweep. It means private island. It's like if someone you hear has a private island in the Pacific Ocean. You think, oh my gosh, what must it be like there? How would I ever get there? Would I ever be let in? Is it possible? So Svetadweep, Goloka, is a private island of Krishna. No one can go there. But because it's the nature of it is love, is the love life of God, it tends to extend itself, as I said. That is Gorlila, which comes out of it and sends it far and wide, everywhere, recruiting, letting people in. So in Gorlila, we find a most articulate representation of Gorlila in the pen of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami in the great Chaitanya Charitamrita. He says, Yoga Maya Dasi Jahan Rasadi Lila Sar. This Yoga Maya, Yoga Maya Dasi <laughs> Jahan Rasadi Lila Sar, it is the essence of the leelas of Krishna. Rasa, Adi, means and all the other leelas. Rasa, Leela, and all the This is the Asar. It's the essence of that. Very important to us. So there's no question of Krishna appearing without Yoga Maya appearing. Therefore, we have two birthplaces of Krishna. Mahaprabhu has taught this, of course, in Chaitanya Charitamrita. When he visited Vrindavan, Krishna, as Kaviraj describes, he went to Mathura. He came first to Mathura. And there he had he, he had the darshan of Krishna's Janmastan. Later he went to Mahavan, Gokul. All the bond, Dwarasavan, twelve bonds, forests of Vrindavan. He went to Mahavan. And Mahavan is Gokul. And there is mentioned that in Mahavan he had the darshan of Krishna's birth. Two birthplaces. In Mathura and in in Gokul. So just hinted at there, mentioned in that way, where we have to sort all this out. This was a large discussion that we conducted in our group for Krishna Janamastami. How Krishna is truly, in every respect, in the fullest sense of the term, the son of Nanda and Jashoda, and only how his Ansabhag, his partial pa- expansion, is Devaki Putra, the son of Devaki not the full Krishna. Ah, Devaki did not give birth to Krishna. Who gives birth to a four-armed person that's flashing in effulgence and comes out with all ornaments and everything? We have no experience of it. That's not... No, Madhya Shoda experienced the birth of Krishna. In other words, she saw him really as a child in every respect, without any Aishvarya, without any sense of his godhood whatsoever. This is Braj Bhakti, Rag Bhakti. The power, the love of those devotees causes the full face of the Absolute to manifest. That's what we mean by Swayam Bhagavan Krishna. When the finite jiva comes as close as it can to the infinite, in order for that to take place, the infinite must take on a finite like appearance. 
Otherwise, it's not possible to get close. If there's no illusion created, then all you're going to be experiencing is, oh my God, how finite I am, how small I am. And that again creates a distance. How small I am, how great infinite is, oh my God. So an illusion must be created. So for that to be, that is why this yoga maya is the sar, in one sense, the essence of Krishna Lila. So Krishna, if we study Bhagavatam very carefully like the Goswamis did, then we can understand all these things very, very carefully. It's shown there. And then support can be derived from other scriptures as well. Krishna actually appeared in Gokul first. Mother Yasoda gave birth to two. First Krishna, and then Yogamaya. She had an experience in a dream of that, that boy who she used to dream about. Every time she wanted to have a son, she thought, oh, I have to have a son. I want to have a son. And oh, what will he be like? He'll be more, more beautiful than Narayan. Then she'd think, oh, I'm crazy. <laughs> Narayan is God. How can I have a son more beautiful, more qualified than Narayan? Nandamar had the same kind of dream. Therefore, they were frustrated. And then it wasn't until old age, they had, into, into old age, they had no son, no issue. This was the only frustration in all of Gokul. Nandamar, who was the king of the cowherds, had no son, no heir. And this is why. Because every time they thought of having a son, this vision came to them. Son, more beautiful than Narayan. They thought, that's, that's, we're crazy. This is not possible. Anyway, it's a long story, but they took a brat, to Odyssey brat, for one year to worship Narayan. At the end of the year, Narayan appeared to them and said, that son, it's not an, it's true, you're going to have a son. It's like, he's like that. Just take it as my mercy. That I've created a son more beautiful than myself. Think of it like that for you. So, this, in order for Mother Jasoda to have signs of pregnancy, Yogamai had to also be inside to create that. To make that chaste lady who was very austere and very controlled suddenly lose control and desire sweets and uh, milk products, and abundance. She, she, uh, she had just done a year Dwadasi fast, uh, fasting and with certain rules and very, very strict very difficult and suddenly now that she had all these desires for tasting sweet things and relative to her her pregnancy of course all this the creation of yoga maya Madhya Shoda saw that boy coming in from the heart of Nanda Maharaj into her heart and he was surrounded by a, a beautiful girl almost like a person is followed by their shadow and that, that girl went into her womb that's what she saw and so yoga maya is creating all the symptoms of pregnancy. She follows Krishna everywhere. Everywhere. But Krishna is almost unaware of her because of his love of his devotees. Intoxicated by the love of his devotees, he doesn't see her, doesn't, but and she, she makes him forget himself, that he's God. This is Krishna. Krishna is God who forgot that he was God. And that is what we call yoga maya. Very powerful. As I said, we like to understand maya and practice yoga to transcend it. And then inside of yoga, there is also maya. That is a very high uh, idea. And it is the sar of Krishna Lila in one sense. Yoga maya, Krishna discovers says, yoga maya, chit shakti, shuddha sattva paritrani. It's not an ordinary energy. The Lord has many shaktis. This is very special. 
It is a transformation of this, a transformation of the Sudhashatra, conducting the affairs of Krishna Lila. She went into the womb. She appeared outside also, as Purnamasi, that elder mystic lady with matted locks who never married. That is just at the time of Krishna's mother Yashoda becoming pregnant, Purnamasi appeared with her young associate Madhu Mangal amongst the villagers. And they said, oh, lady, who are you? She said, oh, I am Purnamasi. And I have the power to foretell the future. This is Madhu Mangal. He's, he has the mystic power to always stay this age. He has the wisdom of Narada and we keep together like this. They said, how fortunate that in our midst such a person has come. These are just simple village people thinking, oh, what, a, what fortune. And they said, let us build you a hut next to the Krishna. Krishna is another name for Jamuna. It means black, and the waters of the Jamuna are dark. So she said, oh, you have spoken the truth, another Veda, and you don't know it. Yes, I will stay next to the Krishna. <laughs> and so will you, because Nanda Maharaj's wife is pregnant with a son. His name will be Krishna. Oh, and they were overjoyed. Nanda Maharaj will have a son. Nanda Maharaj will have a son. It was the joy of the whole community. So Purnamasi is also Yogamaya, another manifestation of Yogamaya. And Yogamaya, younger sister of Krishna. So, when Krishna was born, Yogamaya made her spell, everyone went to sleep. Then the daughter came. Yogamaya herself appeared. Younger sister. It's mentioned in Bhagavatam. As we proceed from the birth lila of Krishna, then there's Nandotsav, the festival for the birth of Krishna. And then we find the uh, Nanda Maharaj goes to Mathura. It's an interesting story. Nanda Maharaj goes to Mathura, and, well, of course, Vasudev came and took the angsa of Krishna, that's Vaibhav Prakash of Krishna, not Swayam Bhagavan Krishna, and took that and gave in exchange for the daughter. He didn't see the son, but that Swayam Bhagavan absorbed his angsa, his Vaibhav Prakash, back within himself, and it was as, as if he was just lying down the sun, and then he took the daughter. So this story is related. This is what follows the birth Lila of Krishna. Lila of the daughter, exchanged, brought to the house, the prison house of Kangsa. How he got out, this Vasudev, how he got back in, that is all the Yogamaya's arrangement, making the guards go to sleep so he could get the key and go out, and he came back in, locked the doors, and he had the daughter, as you know. So Nandamarsh came to know about this, this is Yogamaya. This is the sister of Krishna. It's mentioned in that chapter of Bhagavatam. What she's described as uh, Vishnu Maya, Bhagavati, and she's also this uh, Anuja. Anuja means she's younger sister of Krishna. So if she's the younger sister of Krishna, then Goswamis have put these kind of words together, and, and they've made their theology. Uh, this, this kind of thing, other things too. So then Krishna must have been born first, she must have come second. They find this reference in Padma Purana to support this, and this way they explain the inner secrets of Krishna consciousness. Krishna must be the son of Jasoda and Mars. The level of their love corresponds with Swayam Bhagavan, not Devaki's love, not Vasudev's love. That doesn't correspond with Swayam Bhagavan. They wanted to have a son like God. 
None of Marx didn't want to have a son like God. He wanted a son better than God, <laughs> more beautiful than God. <laughs> An impossible thing. That's what he got. See, the heart of the devotee corresponds with the Lord, its appearance. So, this Yoga Maya, this manifestation, many, many-fold manifestation, Yoga Maya. So she came to the prison house. Nanda Maharaj heard. Some messenger came, Jiva Goswami has explained. Some messenger came, bringing news. Nanda Maharaj said, what news have you brought? He was a servant of Vasudev. Nanda Maharaj is kind of a brother, of half-brother of, of Vasudev. They have the same grandfather. So they were known to one another and had a family relationship. So the servant of Vasudev was known to Nanda Maharaj. When he appeared in Gokul, Nanda Maharaj says, What are you coming here? Are you bringing a message from my brother Vasudev? What is the news? He said, Yes, uh, I'm bringing news, but obviously it's not good news. I've swum, I had to come here at night in the dark and swim in the river. See, my clothes are all still wet. What good news can I bring when our master, speaking of his master Vasudev, is in prison and the atrocities of Kamsa know no bounds? So he told the story. I came to tell you of something, what happened. That a, bo- a daughter was born of Devaki as the eighth issue, rather than a son, so it appeared. And when she was born and crying, suckling the breast of Devaki, then Kamsa was made known that she has given birth, and it's a daughter, not a son, which created some doubt in Kamsa, of course, who had heard the prophecy that the eighth son of Devaki would be his, bring about his, his death. But still, he was the kind of fellow that he was, and so he picked up the child and began to crash her on the stone. But instead of going down, she went up and stepped on his head and hovered in the sky. And Nandamar said, What did she look like? And the servant said, She was riding on a lion. She had eight black arms, carrying various weapons, celestial, and the gods above were offering respects. And she said, oh, I'll be known by different names in different places. People of the world will worship me. And just see, what is your position? You tried to kill me, and you can't. And you believe that the eighth son would, of Devaki would destroy you. And so many things you've done on account of that. And the eighth issue is a daughter. This way she criticized Kamsa. No one could talk to Kamsa like that. So the servant was a little heartened. No one could talk to Kamsa like that. But she's done. Something on our side. Something wonderful. This was the idea. 